What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by General Manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6ABC.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar, Booking Games Inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this postgame show underway. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You are looking live at the Ocean Casino, the beautiful gallery right here at Ocean Casino. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, the, the Eagles win 24 to 8. And, and I'll give you uh, like a couple of views right out of the shoot here. The, the Eagles are so superior to the opponents they've played so far that it's downright scary. And today, nine sacks for the Eagles. Listen, they, they put a clinic on the, uh, defensively in the first half. But I, I will say another thing. Carson Wentz stinks, and and now, now, how do you is, really feel? It, it is amazing to me. I, my mind is blown on how this quarterback situation has turned around in the Eagles' favor. When you go way back to think this guy was the franchise quarterback, and and the drafting of Jalen Hurts was foolish, it has now evolved to this situation where the Eagles, a dominant team, at least early in the season. I'm Mike Missinelli. This is Derek Gunn, along with Seth Joyner. Devin Caney's going to join us a little bit later. Guys, I don't know what to say. They're better than everybody they played so far. And the, and to me, the only to the first test they get is in two weeks when they have to go to Arizona. Wow. Well, Mike, <laughs> you, you weren't with us for the pregame show. And I had talked about how atrocious Washington's offensive line was. And I said if the Eagles played anywhere close to what they played on Monday night, this game will be over by the third quarter, midway in the third quarter. This game was over before halftime. Washington's offensive line is abysmal. I mean, the Eagles didn't even have to blitz much for, for them to be effective today. I thought initially they would have to put a little bit more pressure on Carson Wentz with an odd man blitz. They didn't even have to go that route. And Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham had a Pro Bowl game today. It was that simple. Hey, what, there's nothing you could say. I mean, you, we can't nitpick about this at all because the offense started off slow, and then Jalen Hurts obviously found his stride. And you know, after that first, those first two series, the defense was just on it all day long. There were times where they blitzed. They got pressure out of blitz. They got pressure out of four man. They got pressure out of five man. Um, it, it is, each and every week, we talked about last week being a team win. When you look at this win, this is even that much more of a team win. And Mike, to your point, you know, listen, I think. I think the curtain may be falling on Carson Wentz. I really do. I think that, you know, when you watch him try to operate in the pocket and try to operate the offense, it's just not there. 
statistically, he doesn't look all that bad when you look at, you know, his overall performance, 25 of 43 for 211 yards. But those yards came in junk time. And a lot of the yards in the last two games for him came in junk time. And I really believe after, you know, nine sacks and not not being able to, to generate anything offensively that Washington is his last stop. And I'm, I'm predicting by the time they get to week six, week seven, that Tyler Heineke will be the starting quarterback. And the next time that the Eagles face this team, they'll be facing Tyler Heineke instead of Carson Wentz. I, you know, week six or week seven, at this point it might be week four or five. Well, you listen, they're paying them. They, they, they traded for him, and obviously they picked up the contract. If you're paying a guy $35 million, they're not going to pay him $35 million to sit over there you know, until things start to get dire for the coaching staff. So, yeah, they're going to ride this out a little longer. Listen, this football team needs to run the ball better in, in yes. order for Carson to play better. He needs a running game. But at the other end of the spectrum, you know, once things start to go downhill, now you got to start to consider Ron Rivera's got to start considering his livelihood and his ability to remain head coach beyond this year. Listen, I, I don't want to blur the lines on this game because the, the Eagles really were impressive. I mean, nine sacks and – uh, Devontae Smith with 169 yards in receptions today. But, you know, you, you can't help but be lured into this Carson Wentz thing. And you watch him play and you go, whatever he had way back when, he has completely lost it. And he's making the same mistakes over and over. Holds the ball too long. Doesn't protect the ball in the pocket. You got a strip sack. He seems to be a guy who's incapable of learning. And I agree with you, Seth. I, I don't think he's a starting quarterback. He had his moment in this league. He doesn't have the moment anymore. He, he's, a, he's a backup quarterback at best in this league right now. And the Eagles took advantage of that. But, again, I, I don't want to blur the lines. This is a game about the Eagles' dominance and how well they're playing, D-Gun. Oh, there's no question about it. They came to play today. And they knew it was the first NFC East game of the season. They were coming off a short week. They knew what was at stake here. They'd watched the films. They had seen the fact that in both of Washington's games, they had to play for behind. One game they were successful. The first game came back and won it. The second game against Detroit, they were not. The Eagles wanted to make sure that Carson and that Washington offense understood one thing. There is no way you're coming back. There's no way you will have any life in this game. They came after Carson all day. When you look at Carson Wentz, and I, and I told you guys this up in the green room, the one thing that has always frustrated me about Carson Wentz is that he's 6'5". He's a big guy. He's an athletic guy. But this sidearm motion he throws with, I never understood that. Even when he throws over the middle, he's always throwing with this sidearm motion. And when you look at the number of his sales, even to the few times he had wide open receivers, what happened? His passes were sale. You're playing right into a defense's hands. You, how many three and outs did Washington have? There were times when he could have hit the underneath route and he missed a guy wide open. There were times he could hit the guy in the out route. He missed him wide open because he threw it too short in the dirt or he threw it too wide or he threw it over his head. I don't understand who coached this guy. Well, I listen, I, I, just like Mike, I don't want to diminish what this defense Oh, no did question. Because, you know, last week the question was, was Kirk Cousins this bad or was the Eagles defense, you know, this good? You know, can we ask the same question? Is Carson Wentz really that bad or is this Eagles defense that good? I submit, I submit to you that they made Jared Goff look like an all-pro, you know, um, quarterback in sure, the second half of sure. the first game. I think that defenses kind of affect what quarterbacks are going to be and how they look and all of those things. 
So I don't want to, like Mike, I don't want to take anything away from the defense. I don't want to give Carson Wentz the satisfaction of saying, oh, well, he's just that bad. No, defenses affect him. When they started getting after him, they started hitting him just like Kirk Cousins last week. It affected how he threw the ball. It affected the, 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 the excuse me, the decisions that he made. It affected the turnovers, the sacks. All of those things get affected by what you do from a defensive perspective. So I'm going to say Carson is, you know, is on the downslide, but I'm not going to take away from the defense and the fact that they forced a lot of that bad stuff that you saw today. There's no question about it, but we also should throw into the equation just how bad Washington's offensive line was. I mean, the Eagles abused it. You know, you look at the push they got, especially off the edges, to force Carson to step up in the pocket, and when he stepped up, he had nowhere to go. Right. I mean, we've seen bad offensive lines in the NFL. I would say this Washington line has to be one of the worst in the, in the NFL right now. Well, I think they're, they're decimated by injuries, yes. but no one's feeling sorry for the fact no. you know, that they're injured because everybody has to deal with that. Um, but listen, if you roll them out there on a pro team, you know, it is what it is. They, they had six sacks, four minutes left in the half. They had six sacks, two strip sacks, which is typical Carson Wentz. It's like amazing that he gives it up like that. But it, it's interesting because the way this game started, the, the commanders came out in kind of a man uh, defensive alignment, Seth, and, uh, and, and Jalen Hurts started off slow. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, he hits the long pass to Devontae Smith, which when you look at the replay, how Washington doesn't get a challenge flag in quicker than they, than they did uh, after the fact. Now, they hold on that. They get the three. But then you get the typical uh, Carson Wentz faux pas where Brandon Graham gets the, stri the, uh, the strip sack, and, and they get a touchdown off that on a screen pass to Goddard, and they're off and running 10-0. Uh, the one thing they didn't do was they called a foolish play there on fourth and one. They got right. a little too cute with the Pascal play, or it'll be 17-0 early, but then it, got, it gets to be 17-0 later, and it's not a game anymore. You see the dominance of this team over Washington. Well, the dominance is there. I think that, you know, when they came out offensively today, they weren't sure what they were going to get. You know, they come out against Detroit in week one, and they bring the house at them right out the gate. We're, we're going to force the issue and put the pressure on this young quarterback. He uses his legs to get away. Last week, Minnesota was scared to death of letting him out of the pocket and letting him do what he did against the Lions. So they just sat back in zone, and the kids sit, sat in the pocket and picked him apart. They come into this game, so they don't know what to expect, you know. Are, are, is Washington going to come after them? Are they going to sit back in zone? Which when you go back and you look at the, the previous two games, that's what they did. They played a lot of zone. But they came into this game, and they didn't necessarily blitz him. But what they did was they played a lot of man coverage, a lot more than what he saw. And it took the coaching staff, and it took him a little while to, to kind of figure it out. I want to give you guys a crazy stat that I, that I looked at and I came up with when I looked back. Okay, because the only my only – Minus when you think about this Philadelphia Eagles offense the last couple of weeks is in the second half they've been pretty, 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 pretty dormant. Okay, against the Lions, you look at the second quarter. Look at the, look at look at the score box in the second quarter. They scored 24 points in the second quarter alone. 24 of the entire 38 points. Week two against the Vikings, they scored 17 of their 24 points in the second quarter. Today, they scored all of their points in the second quarter. Now, that tells me that they're making an adjustment in the second quarter 
but the game is like so out of reach by the time they get in the second half they have they, they, they're not even looking to make an, a further adjustment and they're not scoring any points in the second half at all so that's that's the only part of this offense that's worrisome all right and not and not only you're worried about that but social media is all over that right they, they, they're they, Eagle fans have to find something to worry about. So it's like, well, how come they're not scoring in the second half? And I, I, I can't really answer that other than that they they understand, as even as pro players, Seth, and you were obviously a pro player and you shouldn't have this mindset, but they understand that team's got nothing for them. And so, and so that mindset goes down to maybe the way the call, you call the game defensively in the second half, the way you think as a player. Right. That team is not going to threaten you today, and you know it. Well, maybe, but in order for you to stay sharp, in my in my opinion, you know, as a coaching staff, you got to put your your players in a much more aggressive posture. Um, how many games did we see last week where teams thought they had the game won with a double digit lead going into the second half and wound up losing that game? Okay, at some point in time, the Eagles are going to find themselves in that situation, and you the way you protect from that. Because it's like, it's hard to get off to a fast start and then pull your feet off, put, pull your feet off, the, off, the, off the accelerator and then all of a sudden think you're just going to step on it again and then just pick up. If you got a 60-second game, we're trained to play for a 60-second game. You practice to play for a 60-minute game, rather. You're, you, you, everything that you do is for a 60-minute game. Play for 60 minutes, and when you, you get, when you get to 55 and you got to pull off, then pull off. You're not wrong, but we're sitting there watching the same game that these players are playing, and we're, we're saying, can Carson Wentz possibly score enough points to beat this team today? <laughs> Well, I mean, seriously, we're, I mean, and, and if we know that, the players also know that yeah. they had nothing for them. They they weren't going to be able to forge anything offensively Mike, to outscore but, but, them. But as but as a coach, as a coaching staff, the worst thing you can allow ever allow your team to do is to fall into this position of complacency just because you believe you have the game won. Don't do that. Oh, I get it. Don't. We have not yet seen this team, D Gun really be challenged to the point where they have to have a different mindset well they were challenged in the first game and that was just because of rust but the last two games absolutely not and the one thing i really love about this eagles offense is week to week you don't know who the star is going to be it's aj brown one day it was devonta smith today who knows who it could be next week this offense is so diversified and has so many weapons you you give a defensive coordinator nightmares and trying to yeah. defend because you don't have to hone in on one or two players they have a multitude of players from the running backs to the tight ends uh, to the to the trio of wide receivers they have. You have Quez Watkins who can burn you at any given moment. A.J. Brown is a grown man. Plain and simple, A.J. Brown's a grown man. You can't defend him one-on-one. -on -one. He kills you with the slant routes. Devonta Smith is one of the best already in just his second year, one of the best route runners in the game today. Look at the game he had today. Look at the ball he went up and got for the touchdown. That tells you exactly what you're dealing with when you're talking about dealing with this Eagles offense. I don't know how many defenses that they face on their schedule this year can come close to matching up with their offensive personnel. And their, their best drive is the one they don't even score on. And that's when they were <laughs> yeah. pinned down at yeah. the six. And all of a sudden, four plays get them 77 yards. Bang, Sanders gets them out with a 13-yard run. Uh, A.J., with decent coverage, gets 38 on that play. And Devontae Smith, they get a first down at the 30. And in the flat, the pass goal gets them down to the seven. I mean, that bang, 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 bang. Like nothing ever happened. They, they were pinned down, and then they weren't pinned down because they, they roll. They have this kind of confidence now offensively. 
Well, the, the only thing that was a little bit worrisome today is they never really got the run game going. And, and you kind of felt, you know, after the first two series, you know, I had the, I had the inclination that they just weren't going to get it going. Um, those two tackles on the inside are just animals. And a lot of what they tried to do in the run game today wasn't necessarily outside, off tackle, so much as it was up the middle. I mean, you, you look at these, these, these numbers for the day, it's just, it really is just abysmal. They averaged 2.9, 2.4 yards per carry today. 30 carries for 72 yards. Um, and Miles Sanders, hey, listen, he's only going to get 15 to 16 carries a game anyway. He was right there at 15, 15 for the game today. 46 yards for a 3.1-yard average. Um, I believe, I think that the running game is a big part of what they do. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts, you know, nine carries today. I mean, listen, moving forward, They've got to be able to run the football. Yeah, you're right. With a 24 nothing lead, you would think in the second half they'd be able to run the ball yes. and put the game away. They really didn't attack it like that. They really – they, they were so ineffective at running the ball today that in the second half where they really needed to salt the clock away, they actually had to throw the ball to be able to do it. Do you realize how demoralizing it is for an offense to be negative yards passing in a game in the first half? Negative yards passing in today's <laughs> offensive-minded football game. Yeah. And your negative yards in the passing department, if I'm the quarterback, I'm in there screaming at everybody. Of course, the quarterback in this particular case has no right to scream at anybody because he was just as bad as everybody else he was playing with. But that just goes to show you what the Eagles were capable of doing. Now, we went into this game talking about how Washington had a trio of very good pass catchers. Well, guess what? When you don't have time to find them, they're very ineffective. That was the case on Monday night. That was the case again today because of the way the Eagles front four attacked that offensive line. Listen, they, they, they have to do continue to, to be pressure-minded. Um, and, and when I say that, you know, there's two different ways that you can do it, okay? You can do it via the blitz to, to help when you want to go four-man, or you can just start off on fire with great four-man pressure and every once in a while sprinkling a, sprinkling a blitz. The thing I'm happy about is the fact that, guess what? At least we're getting it, okay? Now, I still want to see a little more creativity for on, on how, how we actually go about doing it. What you're seeing now is that they'll stay big nickel, Kazir White will be the coverage guy, and they're bringing T.J. Edwards on a delayed blitz, okay? At some point in time, Let's get out of that too high safety, drop one of those safeties down, and bring Kaiser White off the edge. So now we can – because teams are looking at, at at film, okay? I always used to say, if you give me four game films, and this is the toughest part of the year, the first four games of the season, as we move forward, it's going to get more and more difficult for this offense because the more game film I got, the more I can hone in on who you really are, what your tendencies are, what you like to do formationally, what you like to do um, by down and distance and where you are on the field. I can lock into that kind of stuff. So what I'd like to see them do is begin to self-scout now. Don't wait till the bye week. Right. Self-scout now right. and look at what you're doing and, and come up with some creative alternative ways to kind of change up whatever it is you got to do to maintain the level where you are right now, both offensively and defensively. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with special teams. I knew he was going to bring that We're up. looking for little things that say where they can improve. It, 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 
today we were a little worried because Goddard goes out of the game. He's got a, a banged up shin or whatever that is. I mean, you, you, and they didn't score in the second half. So you look at those two things as, as negatives uh, coming out of here. But the drive before halftime, and we're looking at it, we're going, okay, they're, they're comfortably ahead. <laughs> you, you, get, you get points out of that drive. You get, you get the field goal. They, they get the long pass to, to, to uh, uh, Devontae. And then it's fourth down. Like, they're, they're in a hurry-up situation, fourth down, and it looks like they're rushing to play. And what comes out of it is the great throw in the corner of the end of the Devontae Smith for a touchdown. Like I said, normally teams will go, okay, let's take a breath here. Let's figure out what we want to do. They hurry up. Get right to the line. They score. On fourth and one, though. Yeah, so fourth and, fourth and one, fourth and goal. And, and they, they make that kind of decision because they're a confident team. And we're both looking at it and going, okay, this is where you kick a field goal. You go in 20 nothing. And that's not going. We're going. We're going to score a touchdown here, and they do. It's just amazing the way this team is responding offensively. Well, that just goes to show you the the utter confidence that Shane Steichen has in in overall scheme. You know, it comes down to a lot of times coordinators will second guess themselves in situations, but in this case, because of the diversity of the offense, because of the diversity in the personnel, because of the way they can attack you at any given moment. Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni said, you know what? Stop us if you can, and right now nobody can stop them. No. How, uh, you, know, you know what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until I see it, until I see it again, because you got to realize the situation. There was 18 seconds left on the clock. You couldn't clock it, and that was not enough time for you to run mm -hmm. the field goal team on the field. So did they just kind of stumble into having to go for it? Or maybe. I mean, but what, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if they had to stumble into that, they made it work. This is how charmed they no, are I mean, right listen, now. They, they made it work. But I, I want to I wanna stop for a second and consider all the possibilities. Because when you went, when you went to throw that, when you, when you ran that ball on third down, you knew full well that you didn't have any more timeouts left. Yeah. So the only option that you had, if you didn't score, was to go for it on fourth down because there was no way you was going to so, get, so they, they, get the So they, maybe they lucked into it. Hey, listen, a, a, bro, a broke clock is right twice a day, Mike. <laughs> I get it. Every but day. That's my point. Like they, you, they're locking in the successful situations here, and, and everything is going so well that you go, when are they going to get tested? I don't know if Jacksonville comes in next week and tests them. Right. They, that game in Arizona is going to be a tough test for them. Right. I think it's really the first time we may see the true identity of them. Well, you got a defense that's going to have to not just defend against an Arizona offense. They got to defend against that little pinball wizard named Kyler Murray. And that's a completely different quarterback. You have Jalen Hurts, who's a scramble wizard as it is. But Kyler Murray, who I'm still not sold on as a legit NFL quarterback in the true sense of the word, he, we watched him last week win that game for Arizona because of his legs. That thoroughly frustrates a defense when you think you have him and he's gone. So they've got to devise two plans when they play Arizona down the road. Number one, to defend the Arizona Cardinals offensive personnel, but more importantly, how do we keep Kyler Murray in the pocket and not let him do the Kyler Murray type things that cause you to have fits? Yeah, we'll talk about that obviously more uh, later in the show. Lane Johnson's going to be coming up right from the Eagles locker room. And, uh, you know, I, I'm anxious to hear what he has to say about the dominance of this offense. And I'm also going to unveil a statistic that involves Lane Johnson that you guys aren't going to believe. It's, a, it's an unbelievable stat. We'll run it by Lane. You know, you're listening to and watching the Pond La Hockey postgame show. We're live at Ocean Casino. You can see all the festivities behind us. You're watching us on 6abc.com and Jacob Sports' YouTube channel. We're back after this.
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go Bird! and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com.
And welcome back to the Eagles Pond La Hockey post game show. I'm Mike Missinelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. Eagles win 24 to 8. Relatively easy win for them today. And I know our next guest doesn't think it's easy, uh, but uh, it was uh, from an outsider viewpoint watching the game. Lane Johnson joins us from the locker room. Lane, how are we feeling? I'm uh, feeling good, man. It, uh, you know, anytime you can get a division win, that's a plus. Um, you know, like any game, there's stuff that we'd like to do better, especially in the second half, but uh, we'll take it. Hey, Lane, do you guys just get bored after you put up a big lead like this, man? Because this is the second game. You guys jump out, you get 24 points early, and then you coast to the finish line, namely because of the way your defense steps up as well. Yeah, I mean, defense really had an unbelievable performance today. I feel that, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to learn to uh, to play a full game, that's, and that's four quarters, so not not two and a half, not three. Um, so we, we have to do that and have to be a better football team. You know, Lane, I shudder to think, first of all, congratulations on the win. Um, I shudder to think what would have happened if you guys could have got the run game going today with the way that Jalen was actually – you know, throwing the ball. Um, yeah. today, today was you guys' lowest rush output, 72 yards on 30 attempts, 2.4 yards per attempt. Um, what were they yeah. doing to you guys up front, you know, that you couldn't get going today in the run game? Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it, we got to go back and look at the film. I mean, it's all going to boil down to execution. But uh, the players that they have inside, you know, De'Ron Payne's a great player, Jonathan Allen, uh, and, uh, you know, an active linebacker, of course. So, uh, but it really just goes down to execution, and uh, you know, it's really you know, whenever we're executing, we're gonna we're gonna hit the big runs. We're gonna have more than that. So, um, you know, we we need to be much better. Lane, uh, kind of a slow start for Jalen, one for five. What what kicked it into gear for you guys, uh, where it really kind of it was easy to get the ball down the field? Yeah, you know, every game's different. Every uh, you know, every series is different. So it just takes a while to develop. And I feel like it, you know, took a little bit longer than maybe what it did against the Vikings. Uh, but you got to learn to overcome whatever adversity that, you know there is in the game, and that's that's that comes uh, with the territory. So we just got to learn to uh, play a complete game and, and and learn when to put it away. Elaine, I have said that this to me is one of the best and most diversified offenses I've seen this Eagles uh, team have in quite some time. Compare this offense with your weapons the versatility, and I'm talking about from the offensive line to the wide receivers to the running backs, compare this offense that you're playing with right now to some other offenses that you've played with since you've been here. Is this the best overall collection of talent that you've had around you since you've been with the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I mean, we just, you know, we have playmakers really everywhere. And it goes, you know, offense to defense. So we know we have obligations to practice hard and go out there and play complete game and so you know we're gonna learn from this and, and get better from this but yeah as far as, as talent I mean we, we do have a lot of ability but with that man there's there's a process to it and so it's really just attacking every day and uh, you know when you do that it'll help you out on game day. Lane take us take us in the huddle and and give us a glimpse of you know Jalen Hurts up close he doesn't share a lot he keeps keeps things yeah. real real close to the vest but today he yeah. starts out 0 and 5, and then he catches yeah. fire. I mean, yeah. what 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 is his what is he like in the huddle? What was he like in the huddle today, so to speak? You know, to get off to such a slow start, but yet and still find his footing. You know, two series later. 
yeah, there's probably about five seconds in the week, and that's after a win, that Jalen will say, hey, enjoy this. Enjoy this moment. He works, and he, uh, yeah, he's just mature. He, he walks in the huddle with a swagger and uh, really just is always, uh, you know, pretty stoic in whatever situation there is uh, that he faces. So, you know, we're all progressing. Uh, we're off to a good start, and we uh, we got to keep it going. Lane, you had you had the block for for the quarterback that played for Washington uh, back in the day, and uh, listen, he he was getting destroyed back there today. Not only that, but we saw the same kind of warts he displayed. Those warts that kind of towards the end of his career, where the town kind of soured on him. When you're watching that happen, as a guy who blocked for him, and I assume you had some kind of friendship with him, what are you feeling? Uh, I mean, a win's a win. Uh, before. It's Carson, you know, it's one of those things, you know, you're wishing the best. I mean, it's a ball game. Whatever happens, happens. But, you know, that really doesn't change uh, with anything off the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as a friend, I mean, it doesn't change really anything. It's just a weird dynamic. You know, we have to play each other. But, uh, yeah, when you go back and look at the film, I feel like our D-line was very active, uh, just consistent, and, uh, you know, creating a lot of a lot of pressure uh, today. Did, I don't know exactly well, eight or nine. It was that's a lot. Did you chat with him after the game at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, just said, uh, uh, hey, man, uh, stay healthy and, um, you know, hit me up. I mean, so, we, we, you know, we stay in touch. So, Hey, Lane, can you talk about uh, Devonta Smith today? Eight catches, 169 yards at a touchdown. The touchdown catch he made was spectacular, but here hey. he is barely, barely less into a two seasons. Can you talk about how much – you've seen in terms of his maturity as a professional football player? Yeah, man, he's just a, a, a dynamic athlete. You know, and some of those catches, like that one in the end zone, it looked sick from my angle, and I was, I was looking at a guy, uh, you know, rushing the pass, but it just looked like he just went up there and mauled somebody. But, I, you know, I think with, it, with how we are, uh, we're just some competitors. You know, A.J. Brown has a certain tone for that room. Uh, so does Smitty. Uh, you know, so does Zach, so does Quez. And so, you know, those guys constantly pushing each other, you know, just making us better. Lane, last one for me, man. What, what, how close are you guys to, you know, putting together the complete game, the complete package? Um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, how explosive you guys can be. You know, you scored 24 of your 38 points against the Lions in the second quarter, 17 of your 24 points against the Vikings in the in the second quarter. All 24 of your points today in the second quarter um, against the Commanders. Um, what do you guys got to do and how close are you to putting together a total team effort, you know, for four quarters? And what do you think you have to do to actually get that done? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically, you know, every teammate being on the same level and uh, answering the bell when they have to. And... You know, it's hard to do. That's why this, this, this game is the ultimate team sport. You know, our defense played a hell of a game today. And, uh, you know, I, I guess where it starts, man, is it's really in practice. I know it sounds mundane, but to the outside viewer, you know, when you were a player that, you know, whatever great team you're part, they, they took practice pretty serious. And, uh, you know, when you have guys like that that take it that way and, and compete, um, you know, you're, you're only pushing yourself to be the best version of yourself. Lane, so, uh, we're going we're gonna to let you go team. after this, but – this is the statistic I was telling these guys about. I'm not even sure you're aware of this. This man, Lane Johnson, has not, forget about a sack, 
This man has not allowed a quarterback hit since week seven of last season. W- wow. Were you aware of that, and did you give up a hit today at all? Uh, I don't think I did uh, today. But, you know, for me, it's just, you know, every, every snap is, uh, you know, it's all about getting off, that, getting off the line of scrimmage and, uh, and, and being in tune with your tackle. You know, I have, I have a great guard next to me and, uh, and Isaac. I feel like what he's been able to overcome with the injury that he had, you know, people saying that you know, he may have difficulty, you know, just doing regular stuff and he's out there playing a whole nother position and uh, naturally being the dominant player. So, you know, him and then having Jalen as the mobile quarterback changes things up. So, um, you know, I'm just lucky to have guys like that. Well, listen, uh, great win. You guys are yeah. rolling. Uh, we'll see what happens next week at home. Then you got Arizona on deck. Uh, 24 to 8, and uh, you guys have to be feeling pretty good about yourself. Thanks for joining us, Lane. We'll talk to you next week. Thank y'all. Appreciate you. That's Lane Johnson live from the Eagles locker room. We're going to take a break, and uh, uh, Devin's diamond debate is coming up. Devin Caney wearing some new jewelry. So uh, pay attention. We'll see what she she has on this week (laughs) as she leads our diamond debate, the topic that we'll be batting around. Coming up after this on the Eagles Pond La Hockey postgame show, back after this. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was was not in charge of anything. 
at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. I'm Devin Caney, and guys, it is time for Devin's Diamond Debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Uh, Mike, I know you were asking me in the break, where is the bling? It's on my ears today. It's the earring shot today. It's you can look closely at the earring she's yeah. rocking. And it worked out because um, it's how many points the commanders put up in the first half. Two big zeros. Oh, here. two big so zeros. I see what you did there. So yeah. that is all diamond you wear, you're wearing around your ears. I believe so, okay. yes. yes. So yeah. want to be, make it clear. <laughs> what is our debate for today? So today's diamond debate is uh, three games in, three wins into the season for the Eagles. Has Jalen Hurts done enough? Has he shown you enough to solidify himself as the franchise guy? Uh, had a good game. He took a little bit to heat up today, uh, 22 for 35, 340 yards. Um, he did have that slow start, didn't put up any points in the second half. How are you guys feeling about it? You know, I, I said last week, I gave in. I gave in last week, yes. Uh, I, I'm totally on, on Jalen Hurts right now. And um, that's that, you know, I, I know they have not been tested yet by a really good team. But the way this offense, the confidence they're playing with, absolutely I'm in. There's no question. I think he's answered all of the initial questions that you wanted a young quarterback to answer through three games so far. He's playing with a lot more poise. He plays with a lot better decision-making mechanism in his head in terms of making decisions quickly and accurately. He can kill you in so many different ways. It's not just his arm. It's, it's with his legs as well. He makes a defensive coordinator have nightmares in terms of how do you defend this guy right now. So right now through three games, and I know everybody out there is throwing out the franchise word right now. Based on a three-game performance, yes, as we sit here right now, Jalen Hurts is your franchise quarterback. You know, back in 2020, after four games, Carson Wentz was struggling. And after that fourth game, you know, in postgame, I said, guess what, guys? The Eagles have a quarterback problem. And everybody looked at me like I had a bone sticking out of my nose. 
I said they have a quarterback problem because of how Carson Wentz is playing and what the issues are. I'm going to sit right here and tell you today the Washington Commanders got a quarterback problem. Yeah. The Eagles, on the other hand, have a franchise quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Plain and simple. Yeah, and here's the beauty of this, Devin, because you know, I mentioned it earlier in the show. The way this has evolved, you know, like they – they gave Carson Wentz a major contract, and they told everybody they drafted this guy because in case Carson got hurt, they would at least have a competent backup. Well, look how it's flipped. In a short amount of years, the, the guy that they thought was the franchise quarterback doesn't look like he can play anymore, and the guy they drafted didn't expect anything to happen with is now their franchise quarterback. It's just mind-blowing to me. You know what I love to see in this game? Like the comparison of the two. You really saw the difference in the mentality between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts going into this game. You know, I think we all know as Philadelphians, as Eagles fans, that Carson Wentz is someone who gets rattled easily. You can get in his head easily, not just by getting the pressure on him, but also Jalen Hurts can get in his head because we know Carson Wentz was thinking about everything that went down. You know, he, and like, maybe you disagree with me. I think that Car it was in Carson Wentz's head heading into this game. I don't think it affected Jalen Hurts whatsoever. And that is a big reason why I've always loved Jalen Hurts, his mental strength. He never seems to get rattled, never affected by that. And I think today he, he proved that. He proved that he is the elite quarterback both mentally and physically and skill-wise and in every other category across the board. Well, it, it helps that you're playing behind one of the top three offensive lines in the National Football League compared to your former franchise quarterback playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in the National Football League. Okay, yeah. But ever since 2017, Carson's game, for whatever reason, has deteriorated significantly to the point where he's got one foot out the door in terms of being considered a legitimate starting quarterback in the National Football League. It wasn't that long ago we were chastising this Eagles organization for taking a quarterback named Jalen Hurts in the second round when you still had a so-called franchise quarterback. I but wasn't. Lo and behold, yeah, we didn't know at that time. Stop. I wasn't. I I was. We didn't know at that time. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It seems, I can show it you the seems film. to I was me not. that Carson Wentz is affected by everything, which means the Eagles never read the room when they drafted Jalen Hurts, not thinking he was going to be affected by that. He obviously was affected by that. You can't right, worry right. about that. Well, I understand right. that, but I'm just speaking of what Car who Carson Wentz is as a quarterback. He he is affected by everything, which means like later now that he's later in his career, if he's still going to be affected by things, what kind of a quarterback is he? No, he's exactly. not a starting quarterback. He's going to be league. a former Florida qu That's quarterback. I'm trying, to, exactly. I'm, I'm trying to tell you that the hardest thing, the hardest thing for organizations who really don't can't don't understand the art of delving deep and in, deeper into who and what a player really is. Is that you can look at the metrics. You can go to you go to combine. You can look at the metrics. You can watch a guy have his pro day thrown against air. Okay, there's a there's another side of being a professional athlete, the mental side, and how you look at the game. Okay, they draft Carson. They give Carson carte blanche. He's the guy. He knows he's the guy. They even go too far in. And, and letting him know that he's the guy instead of holding him accountable for certain things. Gave him too much power. You know, and then he got to this point where he felt, you know, entitled because he was the number two overall pick. And that, you know, oh, you're gonna you're gonna give me, you're gonna extend me the year before but you had to. And, and and all and all of those things. When you're looking at a guy like Jalen Hurts, nothing was expected of him other than to come in and be a backup quarterback. 
he had to come in and work for every single thing. And Carson Wentz was the guy that felt entitled to have every single thing. And that entitlement has led him to where he is right now. And Jalen Hurts' work ethic and the fact that nobody expected him to do anything has led him to where he is right now. But if the role, if the same thing happened to Jalen Hurts now as the starting quarterback for the Eagles, I truly don't believe he would be affected whatsoever. And that is what makes him elite. The fact that Carson Wentz was so hurt and kind of put out by the fact that they drafted Jalen Hurts tells you everything you need Let's to know. You, know you, you know what the difference was for me? When Carson... When Nick Sirianni was named the head coach, and he said, we have no starters, everyone's competing for a starting job, and Carson Wentz said, hey, I want out. Yeah. Okay. Now, for me, I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, they just paid you $128 million. They want you to be the guy, okay? All you got to do is just show up. You're going to be the starter. And he wanted out because he did not no, want no, to compete. You're right. So let's and look that, at and it. That, said all that, 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 that was all I needed to see out of that guy to say, you know what? moving you're absolutely right let's look at it sociologically okay he's a north dakota guy who ne who never did anything wrong he stood out as the best jalen hurts on the other hand was tempered by the fact that he played at major high level programs failed at one went to another and succeeded there are two different heartbeats in there and so when i look at carson wentz i said this is a guy that he in a way is like ben simmons he has no self-awareness because he's making the same mistakes over and over again how many times did we say he holds the ball too long? How many times did we say he doesn't protect the ball in the pocket when he's trying to wriggle out of there and he's going to turn it over? He is not aware of his flaws. So what kind of a, a franchise quarterback and a leader can he be? Well, I think he could be aware of his faults, but maybe just not listening. That was part of the problem when he was here in Philadelphia. He stopped listening to instruction. He thought he was bigger than the moment. How many times did we hear the rumors out there that he was changing plays at the line of scrimmage and it was driving the coaching staff nuts. When you think you're bigger than the program, that's all of a sudden when things start to unravel for you. And look at where his career is right now. Yeah. Carson Wentz is an afterthought. There was a time not that long ago when Carson Wentz was considered one of the up-and-coming elite quarterbacks in the National Football League. Now, it's, we're not too far from saying Carson Wentz is going to be a journeyman in the National Listen, Football Deacon, League. I, I blame the Eagles organization for allowing that to happen. The player never gets there on his own. They don't, you don't come in here as a rookie you know, and, and, and take over from a power perspective. The Eagles allowed that to happen. And when they allowed that to happen, it just got progressively worse and worse and worse. And the other thing is, see, to me, you know, football should always be about meritocracy. And at the end of the day, it really isn't. It, what it really is all about, if you're the first round draft pick, okay, you're going to get three to five years to screw it up. If you're a fifth, sixth, seventh round draft pick, you better hurry up and make hay because guess what? They're going to look for the other guy. From my perspective, you, do you know how many times they drafted the guy that was supposed to come in and take my spot? I'm like, I have no problem with that. Bring him in. Not only am I going to train him and teach him the, the defense and the playbook, I'm going to mentor him and teach him everything that I know. And guess what? His ass is still sitting behind me. Okay? He's still going to be my backup. Now, that's, that's the, the, the position that Carson Wentz should have took when they drafted Jalen Hurts. And I guarantee you, if they, if they draft another quarterback and they're probably in a position within the next year or two where they're probably going to draft another young quarterback, okay, in the second, third, fourth round, how he's just going to do that, okay, then you have to ask yourself, 
is Jalen going to be moved emotionally by that? Hell no. no. Because yeah. he's completely, yeah. he's white. He if anything, he will be motivated because Jalen Hurts has had to do it time and time again. He will outwork whoever else is in the room with him. I would there also go. go so far as to say you never know what Jalen Hurts is thinking anyway. <laughs> I, I don't think you want to sit across <laughs> a poker table from Jalen Hurts. But here, here's what I was thinking. you would know what, what he's thinking. And <laughs> that's what his emotions are. Here's what I was thinking about Carson Wentz. He was horrendous. Now, earlier, what, what word did I use in the start of the show? Carson Wentz what? He stinks. He stinks. All right, that's a, that's a sports talk radio leftover. I apologize. I'll, I'll, I'll soften it. He was horrendous. And the Eagles win 24-8, to 8, and that was our diamond debate for today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Let's take a break. We'll come yeah. back and re-rack everything that we have been talking about today on the uh, – Upon the hockey Eagles post game show, that's Devin Caney. I'm Mike Missinelli. Look at those With, earrings, Mike. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Derek Gunn's here. Seth Joyner can't keep his eyes up. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Bondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at, Dry inspector at Dry Tech. At Dry Tech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome back to the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. I'm Devin Caney. Guys, it is time for our Jeff D'Ambrosio Auto Group Drive of the Game. Go JeffAuto.com. Uh, this game, in my opinion, is a little bit trickier to, to pick a, a best drive from. Where, you know, that Monday night game, the first drive was obviously almost flawless. There were several to pick from. Um, I'm kind of stumped on this one. Mike, how are you feeling? Well, I, you know, I originally thought that I would go with the drive that did not come up with the touchdown because it's so impressive the way they got out of that hole with four straight plays that got them way down the field, 77 yards. But I can't do it. They didn't score. So I'm going to go with the drive right before halftime where they go 88 yards, I believe, and get the end zone rapid quick. They converted one-third down on that thing. That was the, And then they got the big pass to, to Devontae Smith, a 44-yard pass to get, get way down there. And then that was the rushed – uh, fourth down and two where they get Devontae in the corner of the end zone. That's got to be my drive. The game puts them up 24 nothing. Did you steal my notes? Is that you? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Here, I'm she going went to over me the, first. I knew it was going to take yours. You know what? From now on, I'm going to start man. doing like this, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, Mike, I went to you first because I'm pretty sure I stole yours last week, so I felt uh, okay, I, I had to uh, give you the first choice yeah, I mean, there. You guys act like there's a drive that's going to like be any different. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, they scored all their points in the second quarter. Obviously, you know, that, yeah, last, that, last, that last drive right before halftime was just magical. De Devontae Smith was just doing what he does, man. And, I mean, you had to be excited about – listen, some of those balls that Jalen hurts, everyone talks about the balls that Jalen can't throw, the, the accuracy that he doesn't have, the arm strength that he doesn't have. I mean, listen, that ball that he threw, I'm like – the one that he caught right on the right right on the one yard line that Devontae Smith caught, I'm like, who the hell is he throwing the ball to? And all of a sudden, you you see Devontae Smith just elevate and go up and get that ball. I mean, that whole drive was just like, if, if you're an Eagles fan, that drive had you salivating. Well, you know, it, it was a long sustained drive, and 
it made it to driving the game to me just because of the way Devontae went up and got that touchdown right. to finish off that drive. Right. We're thinking take the short points. We're talking about taking three points instead. Not this Eagles offense. Oh, no. They're going to tell you right now, you know, conventional wisdom is out the window when, when you look at our offense. You know, what you think we should do, we're not going to do because we feel we have the confidence and the capability to do things differently. And so far through three games, it's all work for them. Right. Would it have been a violation for me to pick a drive where they didn't score? Because I was really impressed by that that drive where they got the ball quickly down the field when they were pinned deep in their own territory. Absolutely. Would that I mean, have been a violation if I picked that for a drive of the game? No. Hey, listen, it's your pick. You can pick whatever you want to pick. I already picked, I already picked the right one, but I'm just asking you if the does, other listen, one would have been a violation. Devin, it doesn't matter who you come to first. It's highly likely that, you know, you call it the, the drive of the game. Mm -hmm. We're all going to see it along similar lines because – you know, that was the last touchdown that they scored. It really made the game insurmountable given the way that Carson Wentz and their offense is playing. I mean, we're always going to pick that as the player of the game. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, that would have been my drive of the game as well. Um, but, Mike, you know, to your point, it, if it wasn't that incredible Devontae uh, catch in the end zone, what, what would your drive be? It doesn't have to be a scoring one. Well, listen, they, they messed it up by getting too cute on that drive. That was impressive getting the ball down the field in four plays. Uh, I mean, Washington thought they had them. And they come right back down on them and run the ball first and then bang, bang, bang with, with passes. And, and I don't understand what that call was to Zach Pascal there where they, they line him up in the backfield. It's like a half-jet sweep of some sort. There, there were a few iffy calls, I will say, where it was like Jalen Hurts could have just punched it in and they, they threw it like to the jet sweep to Zach Pascal. So when Devontae finally made that catch and got the points, it's kind of like a, a sigh of relief for everyone. If he calls are so much easier to stomach when you play such a consistent, dominant, exciting game like the way this Eagles offense has been playing, we don't even spend time talking about the iffy plays. The only time we're going to talk about them yeah. is if they cost this team a game somewhere down the line or cost them a significant lead somewhere. But, you know, there's no game played on either side of the football where you have you don't have some flaws whatsoever. But when you can come back and dominate the way this team dominates, it makes your whole day that much better. I will I will say you could you could you could focus in on the third series of the game. That's really where the offense only, even though it only resulted in, you know, a field goal. Mm. I mean, that's really where the offense began to find its footing. They, they struggled through the first two series. Right. I mean, they, they struggled mightily. And then that third series, they began to move the ball. They got down in position. They stalled out. Jake comes in, kicks the field goal. And from that point on, the offense is just rolling until, you know, you get, you get into the second half when it's just, they're just doing enough to survive. Yeah, and of course that was the bomb to Devontae that they didn't challenge. Mm. Yes. Like, what? Come on, Ron. Well, I mean, what's up with that? All right, let's take a break. On the other side, John McMullen, he was in D.C. watching the game, covering the game for Jacob Sports, and he'll join us after this. It is the Pond Lee Hockey Eagles postgame show live from Ocean Casino. Back after this. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey 
official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm Mike Missanelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner on the set right now. Eagles win 24 to 8 and uh, 400 plus yards of offense. Nine sacks including Brandon Grant with two and a half coming alive. A fun game to watch as they're dominant again and uh, the man who uh, covered that game down in DC joins us right now. Uh, John McMullen. John I don't know what to say but they are clearly superior so far than anybody they've played. Yeah, I mean, it might be time to admit this is a good football team. So, you know, I 
I'm still waiting for that test. They haven't had that test. You know, Jacksonville, Doug Peterson next on the docket. They look a little bit better than expected. But, look, this team is really, really talented. And, you know, Seth and I talked about the pass rush. Here we go, the pass rush. You know, Washington was up against it playing a backup center. And all of a sudden they got nine sacks against Carson Wentz. And that's how you beat Carson Wentz. We saw it. There's a guy who's going to hold on to the football. Um, amazing performance from the defense today. The offense, guys, you, you mentioned, Mike, all those, all, all that yardage. They, they played one quarter. They didn't, you know, it was that short burst and explosion in the second quarter. You look up and the game's over. That's how quick it happens with this team. Hey, John, I think we uh, we have to give Shane Steichen an awful lot of credit because uh, initially we saw the uh, Eagles offense struggle a little bit the first two series against this Washington defense. Obviously, they were trying to figure some things out. But it didn't take Shane long to identify that Devontae Smith had the advantage that they were looking for to open things up. And, wow, did he deliver for them today. He did. Uh, you know, Devontae had a uh, career high in receiving yards by, by halftime. So he, he had already hit that number, had the best first half since Kevin Curtis, I think, back in, you got to go back to 2007, I think it was. But, um, you know, ended up with 169, eight, eight receptions, career highs. Um, every week, that's that's the beauty of this offense is every week it can somebody be somebody else. It might be A.J. Brown. AJ was great today. Didn't have the explosive numbers, but man, he just makes 50-50 balls 70-30 in your way. He's such a great receiver. Dallas Goddard's one of the best tight ends. You saw the tight end screen. They even got Grant Calcaterra involved. His first NFL catch goes for 40 yards. So um, this offense is very explosive. The Eagles constantly talk about explosive plays. Nick Sirianni mentioned it three times in his post-game press conference. Those are the two stats they point to. Um, explosive plays and turnovers. They didn't turn the football over, and they just had a ton of explosive plays. And they're going to not only win football games when they do that, they dominate football games when they do that. John, you know, explosive plays, you know, you got to have them, and it's a big deal when you really stop and you think about it. To your point, Nick Sirianni has talked about it. We see it on this football team. The thing is, you know, I, I, I scratched up this crazy stat that, you know, the Eagles, they only, they scored 24 points in the second quarter today. That's all the yeah. points that they scored. They scored yeah. 17 points in the second quarter against Minnesota, and they only managed to score seven more points after that. In the first game against the Detroit Lions, they scored 24 to 38 points in the second quarter. Yes. I just, you know, and, and listen, happy for the win, proud of how they played, excited about the future. But at some point in time, they're going to have to figure out how to play uh, an entire game. You know, and, and it's one thing to be explosive in the second quarter, but can you be explosive down the stretch when you really need to be explosive? Yeah, look, they're going to be tested at some point. And I've, I've said that pretty consistently as well, Seth. I don't know what is coming. I know it hasn't come yet. And, and they've been able to dominate the teams that they played, except Detroit, where they kind of took the foot off the gas. And they kind of escaped with that win. Uh, but Minnesota, I, I felt very comfortable that if they needed to score in the second half, they could have scored. Um, Nick Sirianni blamed himself. 
Today said it was a little bit different. They didn't necessarily take the foot off the gas. They weren't as successful as they wanted to be. But, you know, I think they took the foot off the gas. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, the defense didn't, but I think the offense did. Um, you know, it's nitpicking at this point, though, because they've dominated the competition put in front of them. No, I well, see... I don't think it's nitpicking. You know, people are going to say, oh, you know, these guys never, never are satisfied, you know, with the outcome when the Eagles win. I'm looking down the road because I said it last week. I'll say it again. I've always said it. The way that you win is as important as if or if you don't win, you know. So at some point in time, things always balance themselves out. You know, there, there's this there's this balancing effect in football that always happens. There's going to be a game where they're not going to be as explosive as they want to be for whatever reason. It might be a matchup. It might be, you know, a, a coaching deal, whatever it is. If you have an opportunity to blow the scoreboard up, then blow the scoreboard up. When you look at teams like, you know, um, um, Kansas City, when they're, when they're in their groove, they don't take the foot off the pedal, you know, because it's so much harder to put the gas 100% down let up on it, and then put your foot back on the gas again and get everything going again than it is to just keep the pedal to the metal at all times. Even on the defensive side of the ball, keep coming. Keep the pressure on. Don't let – do not let Carson Wentz, even though you already sacked him nine times, sack him nine more times because you got to play him again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe by that point. <laughs> but especially if he gets sacked nine times a game. But uh, they took a bit long. I think you're right, Seth. I mean, at some point, I keep saying it, and, and and they haven't been tested yet. I thought they would be tested today. They did have some problems with Jonathan Allen up front. They had some problems with Deron Payne. Nick Sirianni talked about how much he respect he has for those players in Montez Sweat. The Eagles typically run the ball at, at will, right? They couldn't run the ball today. Um, they ran for... I'm, I'm looking it up right now, 72 yards. Yeah. That's not a typical Philadelphia Eagles performance under Nick Sirianni. So they had trouble running the football, and that made them more pass-dependent, and they made a lot of plays down the field. You had the 45-yard catch that might have not been a catch to Devontae Smith. You guys probably saw that better than me because I'm at FedEx Field. The TVs don't work. Nothing works here, so... You guys probably have a better view if that foot actually wanted came down that second foot. But oh, he was out. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know. Ron Rivera wanted to challenge that play, didn't get the information quick enough, wasn't able to challenge it. So I give the Eagles credit for getting up and running another play. But all you had a 44-yard pass to uh, 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 Devontae as well. You had a 40-yarder uh, to Grant Calcaterras. I mentioned you had a deep ball to AJ Brown. These explosive plays stressed the defense. And I got I got news for you guys. Washington came out a house ablaze defensively in the first quarter, and then it's just wearing off. Their offense couldn't move the ball. All of a sudden, the Eagles get a field goal. Then they get to turn over the short field. It's 10-0. Essentially, the game's over at that point. But you saw it for that first 10 minutes or so. Washington was playing well defensively. Jalen Hurts started one of five after completing 84% of his passes on Monday night. It is coming. I can't tell you when, but they will be challenged more over a 60-minute time period. Yes. But right now, you got to give this team credit. They're deep. They're talented. 
They can beat you a whole host of ways, and a quarterback is playing great. Uh, uh, John, uh, first of all, uh, yeah, I know uh, Ron Rivera didn't get the information in quick enough, but I wonder if anybody on the, uh, the commander's sidelines has eyeballs. Like, do, do, yeah. you have, do you have to get somebody to call for it? Can't you just witness that? But, but here's the point I want to make, and I want to get your uh, opinion of what Carson Wentz is right now. They, they existed, the Eagles, pretty much four-man front. They were getting pressure on them. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so he, he didn't have – I get it. But you look at the guy and all, the stuff that haunted us with Carson Wentz, the quarterback here, holding on to the ball too long, N- not securing the ball when he's trying to wriggle out of there, the same warts all the time. And I just wonder what kind of quarterback you think he is right now. Oh, that's a good question, Mike. I, I, what The quarterback I saw today – uh, is not a good quarterback. And, you know, the Eagles kind of talk behind the scenes a little bit. If we hit this guy early, you know, they know better than anybody. Um, he's going to fall apart. Now, you could say that about most quarterbacks. If you hit them early, they're going to get uncomfortable. I mean, that's how the Giants beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Pressure right up the middle. So the greatest of all time had that problem. But it's a little bit more exacerbated with Carson Wentz. He holds on to the football too long. Uh, We know that from watching him in Philadelphia. He doesn't protect the football when he holds the football. You had the two strip sacks. One, the the Eagles were able to get and and created that short field. Um, When he plays like this, yeah, you start to think, all right, this is his last chance to be a starting quarterback in this league. If he continues to play like this, he's not going to be a starting quarterback. In this hey, John, by no stretch of the imagination are we going to diminish the uh, defensive effort from this Eagles defense today. But just how atrocious was that Washington offensive line? That, from the tackles, that was some of the worst tackle play I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, and especially coming off uh, Penae Sewell and Taylor Decker and Brian O'Neill. Yeah. I mentioned that in the pregame show. They were going to have a little bit of a breather uh, this week with, with Sam Cosby and, and Charles Leno. But I think the big issue was Wes Schweitzer at center. Yep, yep. And you saw straight up uh, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrick early in the game, just right up the middle, uh, incredible pressure. Uh, and he's their backup chase rule. Yeah, he's on injured reserve. He's a really good center. That probably would have made the difference. But everybody's got injuries in this league. You have to do a better job than Washington did. I, th- I think the big issue was, was Wes Schweitzer. The Eagles took advantage of it. They deserve credit. By the way, on, on the defensive side, uh, William Jackson wasn't able to play, and they had to play uh, Rashad Wild Goose. And he, the, the Eagles identified that, and they were able to get two big PIs on him, big chunk PIs too, with Wes Watkins. So I give this coaching staff credit for identifying weaknesses and exploiting them. John, let me ask yeah. you a question. I, you know, you, you address the defense, you address the offense. My biggest question on this Eagles football team again, you know, is the return game and special teams. Um, you know, you saw Devontae Smith come out and take the second punt return, got some positive yards, and then you watch Britton and Colby just get beat up and hammered. You know, and, and, and the, he got beat up. Oh, it's like you know, we're sitting there in the green room watching this, and I'm like, "Is anybody going to block for this kid?" Now I get it. He's not. He's not a four-three guy or a four-four guy with a whole lot of shape. 
he's going to make one move and he's going to get up the field. You got this little kid back here, you know, doing the best that he can. And when you get tackled by six defenders and all of the guys that all of the guys on your team is supposed to be helping blocking those guys, they come running to the pile afterwards. It's a problem because I, I told D Gun I was like, I'm either cussing out the guys that's supposed to be blocking for me, or I'm gonna tell the special teams coach, hey, every single time they punt, I'm just gonna fair catch it. But I'm not gonna sit back here and get my ass handed to me. And these guys aren't doing their job, you know. And then I tweeted out, I'm like, Nick needs to like, you know, cut one of these special teams guys and put two of them, put two more on on the practice squad to send a message. Because you know what, you're getting paid to do a job, and that guy should not be taking the kind of the kind of punishment that he's taking when guys just aren't blocking and get in front of the guys that they're supposed to be getting in front of. No, I think that's been, I talked about that a lot. That's been an underreported problem with this team, really dating back to last season. Um, the kickoff, both return, punt return coverage as well. Uh, the Eagles lose the field position battle a little bit too much. And, you know, when you erase that with your offense, maybe you kind of, you know, fall asleep a little bit. I don't want to say completely fall asleep, but it becomes a bit of a lull. And you say, well, maybe that it's not that important. And Nick Sirianni kind of did that leading up to this game. And I was a little surprised. But, you know, with Britain, uh, you hit the nail on the head. He's not an explosive guy. You saw that when the Eagles had Washington backed up and they had a chance for a return, they put Devontae Smith out there because they wanted the explosive ability to say, all right, we can get a return. When it's a typical punt where they're trying to pin you back, they put Kobe back there because he's very sure-handed. Even though he muffed one today, uh, typically he's very sure-handed. That's sort of their mentality of it. But yeah, they don't have any explosion. And that poor kid got beat up. I do give him credit, though, because I, I talked to him. He doesn't like punt returners who, who bear catch because he thinks they do that to pad their stats. And he says, if I can get a yard or two yards, it's better than taking a fair catch. So he's he's really tough, but he's really small, and he's getting beat up. John, uh, quick thing, and we, and we get out of here. Uh, any uh, injury updates from uh, the locker room? I know uh, Goddard was banged up a little bit in the shin. Uh, do we have any updates on the, the situation? No, Dallas was back in the game, so he was able to return. So it was about Milt Williams, who was a little scary. He was down. He went in the injury tent, but he came back in the game. Darius Slade very early got banged up, but he was his typical stealth in the locker room. So it's another part of this. They've been very healthy uh, so far, and that that's part of the success as well all right john thank you another eagles win we'll see what next week brings and then arizona so maybe they get the test in the next two weeks thanks a lot john we'll talk to you all right thanks guys all right that's john mcmullen live uh from uh landover maryland uh so <laughs> let me let me let me get this straight you're telling me that Britton covey can go up to a special teams coach and go listen man if you're not gonna block for me i'm just gonna fair catch it and get away with it They'll say, son, you better take your, your ass back to Utah. <laughs> There's no Listen, way he's got that kind of clout. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But how much more how much more of that punishment do you think he can take? Oh, I get it. Whether 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 he makes a decision to just wave his hand against against the return, but 
if I'm in his shoes, yeah, I'm trying to make the team. I'm trying to, you know, maintain a job. But at the same time, it's hard for me to do my job when everybody else ain't doing their damn job. And you want me to risk my neck back there running those kicks back. And, I mean, I, I, listen, I seen one on one of his punt returns, Mike. He catches the ball. He's trying to make something happen. He, hit, he hits it up. I mean, you can't do a whole lot of dancing. We want him to just hit a hole. I mean, he gets swarmed by like five, six, seven guys. And then all the guys that are supposed to be blocking those guys, here they come jogging to the pile. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're supposed to get in front of this guy and stay in front of him and dog him all the way down the field, not block him twice at the line of scrimmage and release him and let him go down and and knock your punt return out who's trying to get some positive field position, man. Well, another part of the problem is, too, that Kobe has to do a better job of protecting his body. He's too upright when he's returning the ball upfield. And you look at a couple of shots. This this kid's going to end up with a chest contusion or fractured ribs. When you consider he's basically an open target. Most ball carriers, what do you do? Get low. Brace yourself. When you feel the pressure converging, what do you do? He's standing up like a stop sign and just taking shots at I him. I get it. You know, the, the, I know the one you're talking about. Yes. He was, he was, there was a little, two of them. He, he was a little bit off balance because he's trying to make one guy miss. And as he's trying to make one guy miss and he's stumbling a little bit, he's standing straight up. Well, you know what? <laughs> If they would just if they would just de- block some damn body, he wouldn't have to go no, 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 through I'm, all the machinations. I'm just man. saying, I can picture Brick Covey going in, stomping around, going, "I ain't gonna stand for no banana, no tailpipe, right?" <laughs> that's not, like, not going to happen. Hey, if you don't protect yourself, who is? Who will? Exactly. Okay. I get it. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. It is the Pond Hockey Eagles post game show. We're live at Ocean Casino. Back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. 
Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Jafty Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. The Pond La Hockey Eagles post-game show live at the Ocean Casino. You're watching us on 6abc.com or the Jacob Sports YouTube uh, network. I'm Mike Missanelli. It's Derek Gunn, and that's Seth Joyner. And the Eagles with a 24-8 win uh, over the Washington Commanders today. Again, a dominant performance in the second quarter. They piled up enough points to really go into the, the second half. And I know a lot of people are upset about them not really closing out the deal and scoring in the second half. But to me... You know, I, I thought that the Eagles' mindset was we had this team beat. Maybe they let a little up on the gas. But let's just talk about this team it, it, because, guys, to me, they are so superior. I, I mean, beyond so superior than the opponents they've played so far that it's, I, I'm not used to it. I'm not used to the, the superiority, like, coming out of the shoot like this. They almost make it look too easy at times. And you're right. Up until this point, the last two games in a span of six days, it's been almost like a practice game for them. Whatever a team tries to counter with, they have a counter proposal for them, and nine times out of ten, it works. And this is setting, this is a, a good measuring gauge to set the stage for what's to come when they do play a little bit better competition. Now, the only thing is I want to see is when it gets down to a gunfight in the fourth quarter. How will they respond when things are not so easy? We haven't seen that yet. Now, we saw it br briefly in the first game, but we haven't really seen it over the last couple of weeks yet. But if they can stay healthy with what they have right now and what's working for them right now, I like their chances against anybody in the NFC right now. Well, listen, you know, 
we can talk about whether they've been tested or not. Um, you know, you. I always say that you. The only thing that you can do is play the teams that are on your schedule. When you look at the schedule, yeah, they they beat the Lions, they beat the Vikings, they beat the Commanders. They got Jack the Jaguars coming in here next week. They'll probably beat the Jaguars, and then things get a little tougher. They got to travel to Arizona, then they come back home, and they've got um, they've got the Cowgirls on. Monday night, um, huge, huge game, or Sunday night, I think it is. Um, I think those two games will be the toughest two games that they'll, that they'll have through the first six games of the season. But these games, to me, are primers. They, these are games that they should win. Yes. And I think they're learning about themselves. The coordinators are learning about the players. The players are learning about the coordinators, how they want to play, call plays. And as you continue through, you know, next week, when you, get, when you get through that fourth game and you got four game films, like I talked about earlier, if I got four game films to break you down, now this is where the rubber really begins to meet the road when we get to week five. You know, when they, when they go to Arizona, you're going to have plenty of game film to dissect what they're doing. You, nothing's going to be a surprise to you. Nothing's going to be a surprise to them. This is when the season really starts. But it's always good to start off. Four, five, and zero. Oh, if you can start off four, five, and zero. Oh. The beauty, the beauty of the yep. situation is, if you look at what Devontae Smith did today, we're, we're talking about uh, hundred and what sixty-nine yards receiving for Devontae Smith. It's, it goes back and forth. AJ Brown star one week, Devontae Smith the next, and and they're they're just like they they have that kind of attack where, and Goddard is unguardable. So when you're talking about putting those three guys into play, they they really never had that kind of a situation in recent years. Well, I mean you. you They've been dominant at one position, you know, for a long time. That's been tight end. They've been, you know, have some dominance in the running game, but they haven't had the dominance on the outside. You know, and, and everyone complained about, oh, you know, Devontae Smith didn't get any catches, any, you know, no catches in the first game. Well, you knew this was coming, and this is the beauty of this offense is that you have so many weapons across the board. It was almost, it, it, it's, you know, when I look at this team, what it takes me back to, and I'm not saying that they're going to be this. I'm not saying that they're in that position yet. But what it takes me back to is the Super Bowl year. And when they got to the Super Bowl, I had begun to do a whole bunch of national shows leading up to the Super Bowl. And everybody called me a homer because I was picking the Eagles to win the game. Oh, they can't beat Bill Belichick. They can't beat Tom Brady. And you know what I said? I was like, listen, what is it that, Tom, that, that Bill Belichick is greatest at? Bill Belichick is greatest at taking away the, what you do best and making you beat him with what you do least. And I said, that's not going to work with this Eagles team. I said, take away Zach Ertz. Guess what you got? You got Alshon Jeffrey. You got um, Corey Clement. You got, um, you got all these other weapons. There's only one weapon that you can take away at a time. You can't take them all away. When I look at this football team, it's a similar situation. You got three able backs. You got... Two, three able tight ends, and you got three different wide receivers, and then throw Zach Pascal in the, in, the, in the mix. You got four wide receivers that can star at any at any, any time. So when teams are game planning, how do you game plan for this team? And by, and by the way, Grant Calcaterra gets some PT today. Yeah, he gets. We have like catch. a forty-yard catch. Yeah, 40 how about catch. your first catch in the NFL going for forty <laughs> yards? Yes. So uh, this is all good stuff. Now, defensively, obviously, we saw what we saw. They were dominant defensively against a quarterback that I think is on the way to journeymanville. Uh, but a straight rush, and, and they got pressure on him. Nine sacks. Brandon Graham, two and a half. Cox, a sack and a half. Sweat, a sack and a half. 
Hargrave got one. TJ Edwards got one late. And Hassan Reddick gets a second and a half. And we've been waiting for that. Well, listen, it, it was it was open season, you know, on Carson Wentz today. You, you knew that he was going to try to hold on to the ball to buy some time to try to hit stuff downfield. And in doing so, you know, against an inferior offensive line, their game plan should have been, hey, let's just go quick game. Let's get it out. Let's get it out of his hand, you know, so they can't get there. But, you know, listen, these things like come in bunches. They're, they're like turnovers. Sacks sometimes are like turnovers. They, they come in bunches. You get them at different spurts at different times of the game. And listen, Hassan Reddick is too good of a pass rusher, you know, to go through two games like he went through earlier. And, but, but then again, if you look at the history of his sacks and how he gets them, they come in bunches. There was like one game where he had like four or five. You know, when he had double-digit sacks one of those years, it was one game where he had like four or five sacks in one game alone. But yet and still, what are we talking about? Oh, he had double-digit sacks. So let's just pump our brakes. He's going to have his highs and his lows. He's going to do some really good things, and then there's going to be some games where he just doesn't he's, – he's not going to show up. So let me ask you guys this. Since we're talking about Hassan Reddick, were you content with this performance today or satisfied? Oh, I was just satisfied. I, I, like, yeah, I, I like that he got something on the board. You know, I'll, okay. I'll take that for right now. But he, he hasn't obviously been a dominant pass rusher so far for whatever reason. They're not putting him in the right spot or whatever. But I, I thought he showed a little bit more life to that. Okay. I, I think it's situations. I, again, I will stand on the soapbox and I will say, pressures are one thing. You put him in the five-man five look, and nine times out of ten, he's going to be the drop, drop guy because he's primarily the guy that has possesses the skill set to drop in the coverage and be a flat player. And I've seen BG do it a couple of times, but BG, you know, like he said, you know, he gained about 20 pounds during his, during his, um, you know, his rehab process, and he's in year 13. So you, I'm not asking him to drop in the flat as much as I would a guy like Hassan Reddit. So you kind of understand the mentality and the thinking when you're in that in that position and you want to show five man, but you want to drop. He's going to be the guy. So. You gotta be. You gotta be happy that yes, he got on the board, but you know that potentially there's so much more there, and they've got to get better in how they utilize it. Line him up in a traditional four-man front, and instead of just having just every single time running, you know, just trying to speed rush, do some ET, some TE stunts with him. You know, figure out a way where you can, you know, start him off in five-man, slide him back off the line in a three-linebacker off the ball look, and send him with games, with the tackles, with the ends, whatever it is that you want to do. But you got to figure out creative ways to implement him in, in what you're trying to do rather than what they're just doing. He's either lined up on the edge and he's coming in five-man, or he's lined up, you know, a defensive end in the four-man and he's coming, or he's lined up in five-man and he's dropping. There's not a whole lot of mystery there. So your, your answer falls into the category of content? For today? Yeah, because I, you know, listen, when you sign a guy to a contract like that, the right. expectations right. are for much, much more, right. okay? But it, but he went through the first two games with none. He got right. one and a half today. Yep. I'm content for now. Okay. Right. Yeah, and the complaints were they were dropping him too much in coverage, and yes. you're not going to get the best out of him. You know what's an underrated defensive play in this game that we hadn't talked about yet? Monte Maddox. Oh, yeah. Stuffing, stuffing the line? fourth and goal there. Oh, my goodness. And now it, that was they, got, they got a two-run homer to get on the board with their deuce on the board. But still, that was a good play. No question about it. And you know what? Avante Maddox is like the unsung hero of, of the secondary. 
you know, he's the guy who does a lot of the dirty work but doesn't get a lot of the accolades. We keep we always talk about you know, the Bradbury, Slay, uh, Garner Johnson. You know, those are the big-name guys. But all Avante Maddox does is make plays. And that play he made at the goal line was a momentum changer. I mean, he went low and took out a guy who was about six, seven inches taller than him and about 40, 50 pounds heavier than him, and he stopped him dead in his tracks. Uh, we, listen, I, I don't want to pile on here with Carson Wentz, but I think I will because I, I, it, it was painful for me to watch him. It, it really was. And I, I just I loathe bad quarterback play in the NFL. You see an awful lot of bad quarterback play. But it was, it was like a juxtaposition of what made us disgruntled with him. We're, we, we, we were so annoyed that he held the ball. We were so annoyed that he didn't protect the ball. And that's what we saw today. Well, there hasn't been a whole lot of change. And I just want to say this before we move on. I've heard there are people who are really smart in this game have said to me that Avante Maddox, I don't think we really understand how good he is. Okay. And if he could just acquire some statistics, if he could get some interceptions, if he could, you know, if he could fill the stat box, then he would be a Pro Bowl slot corner. The problem is he does such a good job, they don't really attack him that much. Okay? So now, I digress. I'll go back to Carson Wentz. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got that point in. Now, go back. Go back. Carson, I'm like, where's he going? Go back Carson, to Carson. The, 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 the issue with Carson is, you know, Carson just, it, 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 some guys just never learn. They're like the little rascals. You know the little rascals say they, they, uh, yeah. they never learn, you know. <laughs> it, it seems to me like he just, it never registers, you know. I felt like when Nick Foles took over this team and took it, took it to the Super Bowl, and then he came back and started the first four games, the thing that I wish for the most guys is I wish that Carson could step back and look at how Nick Foles operated as the leader of the team and learn something from it. And he never did. I think there was more there was still more resentment from that situation than his ability to look at what was there that he could glean from that situation and learn from that would help him going forward. Then Nick Foles moves on and now he's the guy. He knows that he's the guy in full power. And he never really got it and understood that when you're the quarterback, you have to endear yourself to everyone on the roster, not just a couple of guys on the offense, not just a couple of guys on the defense, but everyone. And then from a playing perspective, you know, I, I seen him in a game where he threw three interceptions, stand up at the postgame podium and say, hey, you know, I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep taking my shots. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to change anything. You're not going to change anything. Dude, you just threw three interceptions. Oh, are, you, man, listen, are you crazy? I, I was hiding my eyes. So like, doctor, my eyes. And speaking of doctors, how about that segue? Let's talk about some injuries here that we may or may not have or, or how we'll treat them. we got a Dr. Bruce who's in Miami, Florida with us today. Dr. Bruce, now a, a couple of uh, banged up guys. Uh, Dallas Goddard went out of the game with his shin. Slay, we were worried about a little bit with the back, but he came back in. So uh, when you're looking at injuries like that, let's talk about Slay first with the back. As a doctor, what are you checking out here? Well, one thing, first I want to say hi to everybody. Um, I must tell you, you might want to rewatch the Dolphins Bills game. Incredible finish. We, I attended the game and I also had an iPad on my lap, so I was able to watch the Eagles. And um, that was beautiful. But with the low back, one of the main questions is does the pain radiate? Okay? The pain radiates, it's a little more ominous. That's when we think about a disc injury or nerve tweaking. If a pain is in the back and it's axial, 
We think about a simple back strain, even a sacroiliac problem. I'm sure you being a golfer, like you know what it's like. Sometimes those little dimples will be painful, especially in football. So with SI injuries, we treat them with local injections, with physical therapy, heated ultrasound. So thankfully, apparently Slay was his old self after uh, the game. But with the low back, we want to do, of course, a neurological exam, and presumably it would be normal. And you really wouldn't have to do an MRI unless there was concern about radiating pain. Hey, Doc, Goddard leaves with the shin injury. And when you're talking about shin injuries, what are some of the first things that you're looking for to find out how minor or severe it could be? Well, that's a great question, D. Gunn. When we, uh, you can check on yourself, basically, we, even very muscular people, the, the tibial bone, that shin bone is exposed. And the players have shin guards, but they don't go all the way down. There's a little space there which is exposed. So if there is enough blood force directed to the tibial bone, you could have a stress fracture, you could have a non-displaced fracture, or even a displaced fracture. Also, the muscles over there are part of the anterior compartment, including the tibialis anterior, the peroneus longus muscles, the brevis muscles. So those muscles are very fragile, and there's a nerve that lives right next to the shin called the peroneal nerve. So as a doctor, we have to anatomically examine the patient. Hopefully this will be merely a soft tissue injury, a bruising of that area, a more significant hypothetical injury, not thankfully with the eagle, today would be a compartment syndrome where you actually have swelling of the compartment and where the doctor needs to actually go in and release and decompress a compartment and that's you know the, the most severe form of a shin injury but i think understanding the fact that the bone is rather unprotected and exposed understanding the muscles and nerves of the area doing an exam the eagles have done a terrific job of preparing the team the training the strength staff I almost think of myself as the Maytag repairman, and it's a good thing the Grim Reaper never has to show up because we come out of a third game and, and remarkably healthy, and that's, that's the secret to winning football games. And also, the fact that you have a 24-0 lead enables you to rotate your players in and hopefully not take physical chances in the second half. Doc, I got nothing, man. My thing is, you know, you using all these big words and making my head hurt, <laughs> um, but... To your point, they're they are highly, you know, healthy, you know, healthier than any other team, you know, that they're going to face coming down, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Um, just keep doing what they're doing, keep training, and keep doing what they're doing, you know, to keep their guys healthy, and uh, they'll they'll be just fine. But you know, there's a lot of injuries going around the league. A lot of guys are missing games. A lot of guys are you know out for the season, so on and so forth. You know, for for a chance, for a change, I should say, the injury. The, the Eagles are in a position where the injury bug hasn't bitten them yet. Let's knock on wood. Yeah, it's been great. Watching the Dolphins game, um, Tua had a, a very scary thing. We might have seen if you, on the break there. Tua was was sacked. There was a uh, intentional roughing penalty in the back of his head, slammed against the turf, and it, it's about a hundred degrees there in the turf. Even though it's a grass field there in Miami, it's not the best grass field. So Tua was stunned, and it reminded me a little bit of Deshaun Jackson. You remember that time set where, where he got up and he started stumbling and fell over? Yep. So Tua literally uh, stood up and almost fell down. They went into the locker room, and he cleared concussion protocol. 
And in typical Tua fashion, he came back and threw two dimes, 30-yard dimes in the second half, and they ended up winning and beating Buffalo by two points. Really an exciting game. Another concerning injury is Mac Jones, the quarterback for the New England Patriots. A really ugly-looking ankle injury today. The x-rays are negative. That means there's no fracture. But it could have been a dislocated ankle. And the quarterback is so is so important that, yes, the Eagles have been lucky. But looking at two and looking at Mac Jones, they're the two that I've focused on today across the league. Doc, you, uh, thanks very much. We're kind of losing the transmission down there. It's not synced up. But uh, uh, how about the Doc? He's in Miami. He's watching the Dolphins game live, and he's got the Eagles on the laptop. That's dedication. And that's modern technology right there. Just think, back in 20 years ago, we couldn't even do that, Mike. No. But I wanted to ask the Doc, unfortunately, the transmission betrayed us, but I wanted to ask him because there's a story going on down in Miami now that's picking up a lot of national steam, and it's about the quarterback down there, Tua. He walked to the locker room. He was in concussion protocol. He went back in the game. So now the league has already begun an investigation into this as to why Miami allowed him to go back into the I football bet, game. I bet they are because the normal yeah. protocol is once you go in that blue tent and you're in the concussion it's protocol, it. it's hardly ever, ever one of those situations where you clear protocol to go back in the game. Once you're in concussion protocol, you're pretty much done for the day. Yes. So I, I've got to yeah. imagine that there's a whole lot of investigation going on down there, them trying to figure out did they rush this guy back out on the field. Um, somebody's in trouble. I they, say the that. Game, the way that game ended, by the way, uh, the Bills lose to the Dolphins, and, and the Bills are driving and get the field goal that will tie the game, and, and the clock runs out on them. Uh, they were the play that took up a lot of seconds. They had no more time out. They were two yards away from the field goal line, the, the safety line, and the clock runs out on them. So the Bills lose to the Dolphins down there. Today. Well, mismanagement at his finest right there. <laughs> so, yeah, Andy Reid, I think, was on the side. I, I, felt, I, I said on our sports take show on Friday, I felt there were three undefeated teams that could fall by the wayside today, and two of them did. Baltimore lost to yep. Miami, and Kansas City <laughs> loses to the Colts of all teams. Yes, the Colts. And then you have this one, Green Bay, could upset Tampa, and then tomorrow night, the Giants could lose to Dallas. So you could have four undefeated teams. Yeah, fall. but you know, the, the, the funny thing is, you, you think about the rhetoric that's been going on. You know, Kansas City and Buffalo were looked at as the creme de la creme in the, in the AFC. And it was presumed because they were playing so well that you know, projected, and I get it, we're only in the second week, right. you know, a third week, that the eventual Super Bowl champion was coming out of the AFC. And all of a sudden, both of them fall today. Now Miami, you know, can be possibly looked upon as that yes. preeminent team in the AFC. And what that means and what that looks like, you know, for that conference, and now you got the Eagles undefeated. You know, three and zero over in the NFC, and what that means long term. You know, in the NFC division. I tell you what, people are paying a lot Conference. of attention to the Eagles now. There's no question that that they're. You know, you hear national commentators, and it's always Eagles, Eagles. They're they're in that conversation. Well, they right should now. be. Yeah. They should be. They they, yeah. they listen. They should be in the conversation, and people should be talking about them. Okay, because you got a young quarterback who, at the end of last year, was looked upon as maybe not the answer. Maybe we need to go and draft a guy. He comes out, he, scores, he throws for 250 yards in his first game, no, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Comes back the second game, you know, throws for 300 yards, one interception, one touchdown. Shows up today, 
throws for 300, almost 350 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, yeah, and, and you, you should be having that conversation because the teams that are the creme de la creme in the NFC division, they are pretty much the Rams and the Packers and the, and, and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And those, those three teams today, they will all probably walk away at 2-1, and one, and the Eagles will be the, 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 the only team left in the NFC. Right. Probably unless the Giants yeah. beat unless unless the Giants beat the Cowboys. I know people are probably it. watching this maybe on a, on a Monday. I got the Giants winning tonight. What? Yeah. Do you really? Yes. No. Uh, I will say. Yes. I will say no this. Though. I will say this. Number one. Let me tell you Giants, something. The yeah. line is one point. Yeah. That line gets my attention, Seth. That's the line sometimes talks to me. That's yeah. because you're betting the game. The line's got your attention. I'm coming from a reality standpoint. That defense will expose Danny Dines for what he really is. Okay? Reality has nothing to do with winning okay. money on a bet. Okay. Well, keep All in right. mind also the Giants will have their two edge rushers for the first time this season uh -huh. in that game on Monday night. And you look at the way the defense, Wink Martindale has that defense playing at an exceptional level right now. That's going to be a good game. I can't wait to see that. Did one. you um, – We'll just, see. just, just, we'll just see. don't, just don't remember I told you so. Well, I have, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'm not saying who's winning the game, but the Green Bay Packers were plus one going there. That's the line. Also got my attention. I took the Packers. How am I doing? Hey, listen, I hear you. <laughs> I, I hear you. But you know what? I just, I, I like. There is just no way in the world that Danny Dimes and that offense. Is going to do anything with that Dallas defense? Well, that the, kid the, named Marco Parsons bear Dallas. Down on the Dallas defense is the one, is the only thing in this entire NFC East division that worries me. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not. I'm not even worried about their offense. I'm worried about that defense, man. That defense is legit. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I'm worried. About, I'm yeah. worried about the Dallas offense with a kid named Cooper Rush running the offense more yeah, so yeah. than I am Dak Prescott. If, True. if the Giants win, will you allow me to wear that uh, that flower lapel pin next week? Hey, uh, 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 you got to wear that jacket again because it matches your jacket. It does match it. I tell you good, what, good. if the Giants win that game next week, okay? Cheesesteaks for everybody. No, no, no. If the Giants win that game next week, you know what I want you to do? I want you to screenshot your suit for Sunday on Saturday, and I'll show up with one of these for every suit you wear for the rest of the season. Okay. All right. <laughs> sounds good to me. That sounds good to me, too. It is the uh, Pilot Hockey Eagles postgame show. We're not done. We're coming back. we got a lot of things to talk about here, including game balls. We're giving out game balls. That's coming up back after this. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor. A pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted. Revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. 
While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Welcome into the Pond the Hockey post game show. I'm Devin Caney, and guys, it is time for Game Balls by Colony Pools. Fly with Colony.com. Uh, Mike, I feel like I've been picking on you all night, so I don't know if I want to make you go first unless you feel so. Now, let these guys go first because they'll whine and cry that I took their. I took what? their game ball. What? So let's start with D-Gun. I stole his thing last time. Go ahead, D-Gun. Who's <laughs> <laughs> your game ball? Gun. I think it's easy. I'm going to give it to Devonta Smith. I mean, eight catches, a buck 69. That acrobatic touchdown catch uh, was enough in itself. I think that was an exclamation point on an incredible day for him. Um, you know, he, he, he went from getting no balls the first game to now being the, the star of this particular game. One of many stars, but the star for me offensively in this game. I'll give it to Devonta Smith. You know, there's a side of me that wants to give it to Jalen Hurts, but, you know, he, he had it last week. I mean, last week I think we all gave him the game ball. You know, 22, 22 of 35, 340 yards, nine yards per play. That That's significant. Yes, it is. It's really significant. And then three touchdowns, three sacks. 
123 quarterback rating. It's hard for me not to give it to him. But given the fact that, you know, the Slim Reaper, you know, didn't catch any balls the first week, kind of got into the mix. I mean, he just broke out today. I mean, he was just having his way, dealing and doing whatever it is that he wanted to do, and they had no answer for him. So similar to how A.J. Brown did week one. So, you know, my player of the game, my game ball goes to Devontae Smith. I'm going to give my game ball to Carson Wentz because he's never going to get another game ball the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I love it. But, ser but seriously, I have a sentimental uh, uh, touch for Brandon Graham, and, and he shows up today, gets two and a half sacks. He, he's with this team. He showed production today. So I, I, I admire that. I respect that. I'm going to go with Brandon Graham for my game. That's ball. pretty good. Okay. Also at a strip sack, really throwing it back to 2017-2018 season uh, with the Carson Wentz thing. So love to see that. And love the defensive player getting a team. Yes. You know, Brandon Graham, special player in yeah. this franchise, so he deserves the game ball. All right, I'll take it. So you guys have Devontae, Brandon Graham. Uh, aside from giving them, like, your one game ball, who else, do you have any honorable mentions? Anyone you want to shout out on defense for you guys, offense for you, Mike? You know, I, I was – when you pick defense, I mean, it clicked in my mind. I'm like, how in the hell can I pick an offensive player when the defense has nine sacks in a game, okay? Um I'm going to go way off the beaten trail, and y'all are probably going to fall off your seats, and everybody that's watching is going to fall off their seats. You know, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Jonathan Gannon, man. Uh-oh. Oh. Can't argue against that. Uh-oh. Cannot argue against that. What's I'm just going to say it and leave it there. I ain't even going to expound on it. Seth, are you, are you on the Gand wagon? I just said I'm going to give him an honorable mention. You know, okay. There's a difference between first-team All-American, second-team All-American, and honorable mention. I said I'm going to give him an honorable mention. Is he close to winning you over? Honorable mention. <laughs> that is the best political answer I've heard yet. <laughs> uh, D got uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I can't disagree. I too? can't disagree with them. I mean, we have lambasted Jonathan Gannon since last season. We spent all off season talking about him. Training camp talking about Jonathan Gannon. We even ripped him after the first game against Detroit. But the last two games. He has put together two good defensive game plans in a span of six days. I have to give him honorable mention, but like like Seth said, I'm not on the Gann wagon. He is not first team All American yet. It's week to week with this guy. I yeah. still don't know if I trust him 100 percent yet. And I hate to be that person, like the the kind of negative uh, voice coming in, but it's like, did defense improve? You know, did they have a really good game, which they undeniably did, but also is Washington bad team. Well, I mean, we, we, got Carson Wentz pretty easily. We, we talked about it in another segment because I heard someone talking about it last week, you know, on the radio. They said, well, you know, is, is, is the Eagles defense that good or is Kirk Cousins that bad? Right. So we can ask the question today, is Carson Wentz that bad or the Eagles defense that good? I would say that, you know, when you see a quarterback struggle the way these two quarterbacks struggle the last two weeks, it's an effect of what you do to them. That's why I always talk about pressuring the quarterback and blitzing because it's not so much that I just want to see quarterbacks get hit. You have to speed up their clock. You have to make them – you got to speed up their thinking process. You got to speed up their throwing motion. All of those things, the, the speeding up is what creates the turnovers. It's what creates the mistakes. And if you're going to get that, if you're going to move off of being last in the league in sacks, next to the bottom of the league in turnovers – and so on and so forth, then you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be more of a pressure team in situations where it lends you to do it. And I'm not talking about being careless, but you can't be 19 percent 
and be third in the league in, in pressures. You just can't live there and be a successful defense. I, I totally agree with that mindset, but it's just that Carson Wentz is so bad that I have a hard time. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just paralyzed by his. Let it go, man. You know I can't, I can't, let it go, Mike. I can't just take it. I just can't so, take no, it. Mike, he is so bad, but I think the Eagles did exactly what I wanted them to do, and that was they got to his head. Like, yeah. Yes, they literally they, physically they got like to Carson said, Wentz, but they got in his head. I don't want to take anything away from the Eagles' defense. I just looked at him, and he made my eyes hurt today. I just, And I'm so glad that he's not here. I am point. so happy he's not. You we know? were laughing at, at sep- not even at one point, at several points throughout that game. We were laughing because it just got so yeah, ridiculous. It's just, uh, I, I just, you know, while I'm watching the game, it's like, you know, it's. I'm trying to find the right adjective. Help me here, Mike. You helped me last week. You, know, when you, when you didn't well, use when, when that. When you're, when you're, you didn't use proclivity to that. I mean, listen, you're, you know, the issue is you got the second overall pick who's no longer here playing on a division rival. And you got the guy that's picked 53rd overall in the second round that not much was expected of. That probably was picked, yeah, maybe to be. I mean, you, you thought that he could be a backup, yeah. okay? That's why, you, why he got picked so late. You never envisioned him being a starter. And I'm pretty sure how we probably picked him as an asset that he could probably move down the road. Yes. And we're looking at this game today, and the French, the guy that was supposed to be the franchise is struggling on the other side. And the guy that not much was expected of is blossoming into a franchise quarterback. I mean, just think about the juxtaposition. That's of all what of it that. is. There juxtaposition. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was it. in there. <laughs> I, love, I love it. All right, quick quick honorable mention that I have. Because I, I mentioned the stat, and he's part of our team here, Lane Johnson. I find it mind-boggling that he hasn't allowed a quarterback hit. Since week seven of last year, that's unbelievable. That's not a bad impressive. choice. That's not a bad choice. I, I I agree with you there. I'm agreeing with everybody. Yeah, today. yeah. I was gonna it's ask neat. if you have an honor. Like, have you given one, or are you just agreeing with? I'm agreeing with Seth, and I'm okay. agreeing with Mike. I'm good. <laughs> All right, very original. Hey, Mike, yes, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm not surprised that Lane Johnson has played as well as he's played. Once he got past the injuries that he was dealing with, you know, a couple of, a, a, a year, about a year ago, back in the summer. I think that, you know, I think he's a premier right tackle. And I think if you put him over at left tackle, he'd be a perennial all-pro over there as well. He's just that darn good. Yeah, he really is. I, you know, you would think, like, somebody slips him and gets a hit on a quarterback. Just, like, one simple hit. But, no. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, going back to the draft pick, you know, we all remember the moment when Jalen Hurts was selected, and I think something that's really interesting and was highlighted in today's game, we were all so upset, right? I think everyone was kind of like, or scratching our heads at least, because Carson Wentz was the guy. Now, looking back where we are, especially after this game, does it make Howie Roseman kind of seem like a genius? Like, did he know when he drafted Jalen Hurts, or was it truly a backup insurance pick? Sometimes you get lucky, Devin. And I, I, listen, I, no disrespect to Howie, but th- that to me, the Jalen Hurts evolution to be the starting quarterback and the downfall of Carson Wentz is, is just one of those in the stars type of things. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, everything that is done in the National Football League, I don't care how much they weigh anal- analytics, scouting reports, there's some luck involved as well. You look at some of the greatest players that ever played the game, i.e., guys sitting to my left, they were low-round draft picks. Think about how many high-round draft picks were bust in the National Football League. First and second-round picks, they were afterthoughts after just a couple of years. 
I think there is some luck involved. Now, whatever the mindset was for taking Jalen Hurts in the second round when he was projected to be by the experts at the very earliest, the third or fourth round pick, they decided to take this kid in the second round. I think we have to get him, sit here now as we look at how the storyline has unfolded and give Howie and his organization kudos for taking him because we were all shocked that they took a quarterback in the second round that year when they had so many other needs. Well, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked because, you know, that was that preceded, you know, the quarterback factory comment. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, we want to be a quarterback factory. So I wasn't shocked in the least little bit that, 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 that he made the move. You know, and, and my thing, you know, to your point, D-Gun, yeah. there's no exact science to yeah. to how you evaluate these players. No. And the problem is, you know, you go to Indianapolis. Right. These guys have learned how to game the system. They can run faster 40s. They can jump higher, you know, faster three-cone drills, all of that stuff. And you got, and they've got measurements for all of those things. The, the thing they don't have a measurement for is they don't have a measurement for what's in here. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, they give these guys the Wonderlick test, and I think they've stopped it now, I've seen guys completely flunk the Wonderlick test and come in and they're football savants. So that Wonderlick test means absolutely nothing when you talk about the intellect of a football player and how he operates on the field. Well, you know what? The other other thing is, Devin, is that you can't measure what it is that motivates someone, you know, to be great. And and the difference between when you're a first-round pick and you're a late-round draft pick the difference of what's expected of you and and you having to be able to take advantage of your opportunity when it presents yourself because that door might only be open for you once as a seventh round draft pick but for a first round draft pick that door is open for three years minimum well whatever whatever it is that's motivating Jalen Hurts he's got a lot of it and he's doing it well uh we are going to go to break we have one final segment coming up so stick around this is upon the hockey post game show At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, 
and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Welcome back to the Pontley Hockey post-game show. I'm Mike Missinelli with Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney. 24 to 8, they win again. Now, we've been talking about when their first test will be. We're paying attention to another game here. The Jacksonville Jaguars all of a sudden are alive. And we were talking about in two weeks when they play at Arizona. Could next week be a challenge? Absolutely. Doug Peterson is an excellent football coach. Don't, don't, don't underestimate a Doug, Doug Peterson coach football team. Jacksonville spent a lot of money this offseason rectifying some of the problems they had. Obviously, under Urban Myers, they were a mess. So they've cleaned up that mess now, and they're moving forward in a new direction. You look at what happened today, again, across the league. Would you have bet money that the Colts would have beat the Chiefs today? I did. You did? No, you did, no, you did not. Yes, I did. I, I had a hunch that the Colts weren't as bad as they showed it. They, they, this was, you know, it's the NFL. Things, things happen like that all the time. No, the Chiefs were my one lock for today. I'm like, there's no way right, the Colts right. are going to come no, out and beat Patrick Mahomes. Because right. the line was short, and it was like, okay, they, the Colts find themselves here. Well, you know, when you look at the way the Colts have played over the first couple of seasons and uh, uh, first couple of games, and obviously Matt Ryan has not been clicking in that offense, the defense basically has been holding the Colts up. You wondered when it was going to click on both sides of the ball, and it clicked today. The Chargers, uh, uh, the Chiefs are one of the most explosive offenses in the National Football League. You hold that team down, you've more than done your job today. So that's why, you know, people who sit out there saying next week is an automatic win against Jacksonville, 
you better rethink this situation because we've had three straight weeks of unpredictability across the league. And, and it is one of those in-between weeks where, we, you know, listen, the Eagles aren't thinking of going to Arizona. And Arizona, uh, obviously, in, in somebody's mind, is going to be a bigger challenge than right, this. So, right. I don't know. Could it, could it trap them, Seth? No, because, you know, they're going to look at this game and see what happened in this game. And this game is going to be the wake-up call, if you will, for them. And listen, the, the Jacksonville isn't really doing a whole lot of anything. I think the issue is that Justin Herbert is actually playing in this game. He's not 100%. Yeah. He's got, he's got, he's been sacked once. He's fumbled the ball and lost a fumble. And he's also, you know, he's all, he also has an interception. So, you know, when you turn the ball over like that, a lot of times you really don't deserve to win a football game. Once you start getting the two or three turnovers in the game, you don't really deserve to win a football game. Now, they're losing big. And I don't know, you know, if the defense has scored or what's going on. But, you know, as I look at Jacksonville, you know, they're pretty darn balanced, you know. And that's not something that Doug Peterson always was. I don't know whether that was something that, you know, he was prevented from being. But he's balanced here. You know, Trevor Lawrence has thrown the ball 32 times. They've run it 28 times. And they ran the ball for 136 yards. So this James Robinson kid looks to be, you know, legit. So the Eagles are going to have a test. But I think once they start evaluating this film and looking at how much the talent is, has gotten better in Jacksonville, they better not sleep on them. They better not, they better not fall for, you know, the banana in the tailpipe, thinking that, you know, <laughs> that this is, this is still going to be the old Jacksonville Jaguars coming in here and nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, you got the W locked up. All right. Well, I think that puts a wrap on this, baby. Thanks for watching, everybody, on ABC.com and the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And uh, if you didn't catch this show, then you can catch it during the week. But I'm telling people that aren't watching it to actually catch it during the week. So it doesn't make any sense what I just said, right? <laughs> I don't know. You're doing amazing. So, so in oh, any event, man. have a great rest of the evening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Eagles, Jacksonville, home game. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles
Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it, it, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, Again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.